We will be um, looking at <clears throat> Zechariah chapter 7 and 8 um, and kind of reflecting how um, uh, God is speaking to us and how we can apply and reflect on these texts during this um, Lent season. And as we read um, uh, chapter 7, uh, we, we heard that the delegates arrived from uh, Bethel to ask the priests and the prophets uh, a question uh, about fasting. So it was um, kind of uh, natural that they went to Jerusalem from Bethel because um, that's where um, the temple um, is and um, the work of the temple being, um, being, being kind of advance, advancing. And um, they came with that question and, um, you know, different uh, kind of different questions were arising as the temple was being built and about to be finished. They were saying, okay, so what, is, what does that mean? Does it mean that um, the temple is now built? Does this mean that uh, we, should, we should see some of the religious observance that we have been... Um, um, uh, would the religious observances change? Should we continue to fast? Should we do what we have been doing when we were in exile, when the temple was not um, there anymore? So they were really very eager to uh, get answer, particularly for this, you know, they, the, the, uh, the, word, the Bible says that they entreat the Lord, kind of a very strong word. They, they really wanted to know whether they should um, continue to fast or, or to stop. So it seems like the, the fasting was um, somehow a burden to them. So they wanted to know what the Lord wants. And, you know, the first thing they were asking uh, about was related to the fall of Jerusalem. And, uh, you know, the fifth month was singled out because it was related to the destruction of the temple. So in, in exile, they were fasting the last 70 years, um, kind of remembering the destruction of the temple, remembering the destruction of Jerusalem, the, the, the God's city. So now the temple was being rebuilt. It's, it's kind of appropriate to continue on this fasting or, or not. So this is the fasting which they, they have been kept for the last 70 uh, years. So the time was not actually uh, a time to stop fasting. It's actually a time where they really needed to fast and pray and seek the face of God because they came back from exile and the, 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 the cities were in ruin and they need a great deal of the help of God and the grace of God. You know, God, they, need, they, need, they needed God more than ever. But this particular fasting was a burden to them. So they, they, they you know, they... Um, um, they, they, they wanted to know what, um, uh, whether they should continue to fast or not. So they didn't get a direct answer. God didn't say, oh, yes, you should stop or you should continue. Instead, uh, it seems like, you know, when, when, uh, it seems like God has been waiting for them to ask this question for a very long time. And, you know, shall we stop fasting? Well, I'm glad you asked, God said. And then he started to, to, to tell them, what true fasting should look like, and you know which which we have been telling them uh, for the last seven years, but they didn't have any ears to listen uh, to him. So he says to them that if you are fasting, first you should continue to fast, or you should fast with inner reflection. That is, for seventy years they never questioned their practice. Their religious practice. They have been fasting and then feasting, fasting and feasting, but they, they never 
ask it whether this is this whether this is kind of um, God's idea or, or is it is it is it pleasing to God or is it what God wants us to do? They never ask. They were doing the right thing for the wrong reason. So God said, when you fasted and mourned in the fifth and seventh months of the past seventy years, was it really for me? Was it directed to me? Were you mindful of me? You know, that you fasted and when you were eating and drinking, were you not just feast for yourselves? So they never brought their spiritual life before God to, to his judgment. They never, they may ask, but they, they, didn't, they, didn't, they, don't, they didn't wait to hear what he, was, he has to say. You know, at times, um, it, you know, um, it's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's, it is, Easier, it's, it's, it is possible to go through uh, religious practices and kind of uh, spiritual disciplines without really asking, without being, without noticing, without uh, being present from inside before God, without bringing, without asking, why am I doing what I'm doing? What I'm, why am I doing this? You know, and um, without listening what God is saying um, to us. I have a friend who is um, a very successful businessman, and uh, he, he had married and have now uh, grown-up children. Seven years ago, um, something drastic happened in his life. One day when he came back from work, he found that his wife was packing to leave him. Now, he thought she was, she was really joking because he, he just couldn't comprehend why she, she, she should leave him. And he asked his wife, why, why, why are you leaving me? What have I done? And she said to him, I told you for years, I'm married to you, not to your wealth. I wanted your time, your attention, your love, but, um, but you never listened. Totally occupied by your work and absorbed by a desire to have more material um, uh, uh, stuff, so I can't bear it anymore, and I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. And he said, what do you mean? Of course I love you. You are my wife. I do, you know, I do what I do for you. I do what I do for our family. You know how, how my work uh, demands my, my, my time. You know, if I, don't, then if I don't work, then how can we, we afford to live this kind of life? But he said, he said no, this cannot be the reason. You, you might be having an affair. You have lost love for me. You just wanted to leave me. Just, just you are using this as an excuse. And he, he was really angry, so, she, so um, she, she took her bag and left. For about two years, they stayed separately. So he was angry, bitter. He couldn't accept her reasoning. So whenever we, we talk, he used to say to us um, that, what else did, did she want? You know, I, I, I gave her everything. I gave her ev everything. I, I did what I did for her, to the family, for the family, never for a second question if what he did was actually for himself, and that he never asked for or, or listened to her if that was what she really wanted. So I'll come back to what happened to his family later. But God said here, it was not directed to me, it was directed to your loss. You were crying for what you lost. You lost the temple. So every year, you, you, you come together and you fast and you cry for what you lost. You never even, you, not, not to repent of the reasons for its destruction. You're not asking, why was the temple destroyed? And, and, and then, and realizing your father's 
uh, uh, scene and you know what they have done, and you, you were not even prepared to repent on, of that and kind of to make your your life in line with me. It was just all external um, religious activity. When it is you know without reflection, you are the same as your fathers, and outer performance without inner conviction, no genuine turning to God uh, without inner reflection. Um, uh, so, but fasting should be done with inner reflection because fasting is a detachment and attachment. You know, it's a process of detachment and uh, attachment. It's, it's, uh, it's a spiritual discipline of detachment and attachment. It involves our inner posture. It's, it's, it's letting go and holding on. You just let go of that things that God, you know, that God, God, that's not glorifying God. It's not in line with God. And then getting hold of that God has, what God has for you. It is from earthly things to heavenly things. It is seeking that which is in heaven. It is from self-will embracing God's will. It's an it's, it's a inner posture of a desire and, and, and really earnestly seeking to get hold of God's will for your life. Before, you know, it's, it is being transparent before him, seeking to get his perspective of your life, asking for his light to shine upon us. Lord, how, how, how do you, when you see me, what do I look like? You know, it is getting his perspective of your life. It is making yourself vulnerable before him. As you fast and pray, you are making yourself available before God for, to hear him of what, uh, perspective of your life. How is my relationship with others? How is my relationship to you? Why do I do what I do? What is my motive behind it? Why do I, I serve you? What is it that, why, why, do, I, why do I give? Why do I do this? And, and asking those questions before, before God. From those things which are trying to take a prime place in our heart to, to, to embracing God. From anything that hinders our spiritual growth, it is detaching and then uh, uh, embracing God. It is questioning our motives, uh, encountering our thoughts and imaginations about ourselves, about others, and about God. So fasting is also a time to humble ourselves before God and before others. You know, do you know that you can engage in Christian service or spiritual discipline for your self-interest for years without even conscious of it, thinking that you are doing it for God? You know, maybe seeking attention, maybe, um, you know, acceptance or even love, which is already given um, to us. It amazes me, you know, Paul um, was humble enough to go to um, the leaders in Jerusalem to find out if he was running right. He says that in, in Galatians, he said, I presented to them the gospel that I preach among Gentiles. I wanted to be sure I was not running and had not been running my race in vain. Paul, you know, he went back to um, the leaders in Jerusalem. He didn't need to, but he, he, he wanted to make vulnerable. He, he doesn't want just to have his own perspective of himself. He wanted his brothers and sisters and the people around him, you know, God's people. What, is, what, what are the people are saying to him? Well, how am I doing? And, uh, you know, so because, you know, sometimes we can focus on ourselves and, uh, you know, uh, stay on our judgments, and our judgments could be um, out of the line. But we need to be vulnerable, humble enough to, as we fast, it's actually a, a, a time of humbling ourselves and making ourselves transparent before, before, before God. So this, my friend Solomon never took the time to ask why he was doing what he was doing, to listen to his wife, 
to ask if this was what she really wanted. He was not willing to make himself vulnerable before his friends and ask and say, do you think she's right? You know, he never asked us. He never said to us, uh, you know, is she right? You know, he was just angry. Am I, in, you know, am I in the wrong here? What do I, what do you think? So we need to continue fasting with inner reflection, you know, presence and focus before God in order to learn to do the right thing with the right motive. And this the Israelites from exile who wanted to stop this fasting never had any reflection or asking God whether what they are doing was for him and right before his eyes. So God's saying to us, to, to them that if you are fasting, fast with inner reflection, fast with inner engagement, fast with, you know, embracing, detaching yourself from that which is not of me to that which I have for you. So it's a detachment and attachment uh, process. Secondly, if you fast, he said, fast with compassionate action. Fasting is not a replacement of obedience. You know, in fact, it reinforces obedience. Avoiding the hard work, you know, forgiveness, mercy, and compassion. You know, like sometimes we can be engaged in uh, a spiritual discipline, and we think that that's a replacement of our um, obedience, you know, doing the, the, the hard thing, maybe forgiving others or reaching out to others or doing compassionate action to others. So God said, I would rather you just be fair, be honest, be merciful, and be compassionate to each other. Don't oppress the widow, nor the fatherless, nor the strangers or the poor, and let none of you imagine evil against his neighbors and his heart. So they never t- connected that the spiritual life or the, 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 the spiritual exercise is actually connected to the practical life. It, we, we, we do our spiritual um, discipline in order, in order, to, in order, in order you know, we, we may be able to, or we may have the grace, we may have the, 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 the strength to do what God wants us to do, to reach out to other, to other people. So these are the things that God will take notice of. These are the things that God will delight in. So they were the things that the prophets were telling their fathers and they wouldn't listen to them. So, you know, it's a, there was, of course, there was challenges in, in, in Judea at the time. Uh, they, they um, you know, there was uh, economic problems. There were challenges which the prophet Haggai was uh, highlighted in his message. So that everyone was focused to their own affair because they just came from exile. There was a financial uh, economic problem. So they, they, they focused on their own affairs and neglected the needy in, in the community, seeking success at the cost of others. So, uh, so the, and there was also social problem. You know, there was tension between those who returned from exile and who had never gone to, and with uh, those who are never gone to exile. Each had reasons in their own minds to think that they were superior than others. The, the, the ones who stayed in, in Jerusalem think that they are the remnant of God, that they are, they are the ones that God is going to use to restore Jerusalem. And those are who came from uh, exile also uh, um, see themselves as the fulfillment of God's prophecy, and they see themselves. So there is kind of superiority complex going on inside them. So there was tension between those who f- whose families have belonged to the former northern, northern part of uh, Israel and the southern, because the, the, the southern thing consider themselves purer racially and religiously, so that their northern brothers and sisters were reluctant to accept them as full members of the community. So there were tension with people who were not of Israel's origin. 
in the Midwest, so we, we, you know, they, who were living among them. So there was social tension and political tension and, uh, as well. So it's amazing how the presence of a stranger reveals the state of our heart. You know, it is, it is easy to live with people like us, but when, when there are people who, um, who are unlike us around, that actually reveals the state of our heart, whether or not our love for others is genuine and Christ-like. Is my, is, is my love for others strong enough to overcome man-made barriers and differences? So good kind of um, fasting is a discipline of dethroning self. It is readjusting our focus on God and others. It is living from a place of realization that action our actions are as effective prayers as much as words. Brothers and sisters, it is not God sees our actions. Our action is actually an extension of our prayer. It is when we fast and pray, we need to consider our actions and the way we relate to other people as a prayer to God, as, as, as you know, the condition of our heart, you know, displaying the condition of our heart uh, before God. So it's a willingness to execute what we discovered in our inner reflection. Okay, we have taken to reflect and as we fast, how is my heart condition? How is my relationship with others? And then, and then what we, we heard God speak in that inner reflection, we take that um, to um, uh, execute. What God told us to do, we may need to forgive, reach out to someone, apologize, repent of your, you know, our evil thoughts and about other people and, or our prides and then taking that action. So it's a willingness and a posture to serve the needs of others. It is finding your importance in the importance of God and others. So it is crying out to function, to live our life from a place of contentment and generosity in God. Finding contentment in God is important to live a generous life. So it is finding your words in Christ so, you, so that then you will be mindful of the needs of others, because you, your needs have been, you discovered that your needs have been met in God, that you are content in God, you will be, be able to live a generous life. You will treat fellow human beings as you treat, as you treated by God. You will not allow evil and harmful thoughts about others to stay in your heart. So, you know, it is easy, however, to turn religious observance into a, a, a cover-up for an unrepentant lifestyle. So it is easy to be totally self-obsessed and not see the needs of those around us. My friend uh, Solomon, um, uh, you know, after his, life, uh, left, his wife left him, um, one day uh, he was going through his wife's paper, um, papers in, 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 in the drawings, and he found uh, uh, a prescription. Uh, and uh, that prescription was uh, antidepressant, um, uh, a prescription for an antidepressant drug. So he discovered that his wife had been taking antidepressant um, tablet for two years. So she was suffering with depression for two years. And he never knew that she, had, that she was suffering um, through that year because he was totally focused and obsessed on his own affairs and things, and he thinks that what he's doing and providing for, for her was what her true need was. So he was crushed uh, when he discovered that. He showed, you know, it showed him 
how self-obsessed he was, how he valued things more than love, and how he misunderstood success, and how you know, he didn't have anything, you know, he didn't have anything to say. He was absolutely crushed. So fasting is really then stretching to embrace God's heart for us and for others, really giving attention to other people around us. You know, the people that we, we, we know, we see around, live together, it's really, really properly looking at them and really considering how their life is, being really concerned. Fasting is stretching to embrace God's values of others. Fasting is stretching to embrace God's character, and fasting is finding content and contentment in God uh, and reaching out to others with a spirit of generosity. Certainly, God said that um, to, you, know, you should continue fasting with anticipation. So you, you should pray with inner reflection. You should pray with uh, fasting is uh, um, uh, inner reflection. Fasting should be done with compassionate action. Fasting should be done with anticipation. You know, our fasting should go, go hold God's promise for now and for the not yet. You know, the people in exile were fasting and praying without anticipating or expecting answers for their prayers and fasting. You know, why do you fast and pray if you don't anticipate God answering your prayers? You know, what is the point? So they were fasting and feasting without expecting God to answer their prayers, without, without anticipating that God who have given the promise will fulfill that promise. But how many times we do just that? You know, we fast and pray because that's what we do as, as Christians. And I don't know if you were like me. There was times that I was really surprised when, when God answers my prayer. You know, like I prayed, expecting him to answer. And then when he's answered, oh, my goodness, I never ex- expected it. Why do I pray and fast without expecting God? So God said, God said to, to them, anticipate you. I have given you these promises. I will restore you. I will bless you. You know, he want them to catch God's dream for them. You know, what he want them to do, what he wanted to do in, in their life. So, so uh, uh, praying and fasting with anticipation means praying with faith, believing that God is faithful to fulfill his promises and that God is able and willing to answer our prayers, expecting that God hears our prayers and answers our prayers. You know, Zechariah says to pray with anticipation means knowing the heart of God and sharing his dreams for us. So God says God is jealously concerned about you, he said to Jerusalem. I'm burning with jealousy for Zion. I am burning with jealousy for her. God's presence in her midst, our return to Zion in his desire to be with his people. And, and, and long life and regathering of her still, uh, her still scattered exiles. Once again, men and women, ripe old ages, will sit in the, in the streets. So this is what I believe that we need to discover as we fast and pray for our nation. You know, that is God's heart for us, for our nation as we go through this pandemic. You know, that God cares for our nation. God cares for hundreds and thousands of people who have lost their job. God cares about families who are undergoing great financial pressure. God cares for people who lost their loved ones. God cares for, for you know, who care for, for those who suffer mental health problems, for people who are in hospital, for the people who need to know their Savior. God cares for our nation. We need to catch the heart of God when we fast and pray in this Lent season before him and reordering our hearts and our minds. God 
cares, brothers and sisters. We need to anticipate his, and he, he listens our prayers and answers. Our prayer and fasting makes a difference because God, we have a God who answers, who listens and answers prayer. Um, so fasting and praying with anticipation means engaging in preparation for the answer with excitement and joy. When you believe God answers your prayers, you will begin to prepare for it. You know, he says, um, now hear these words, let your hands be strong so that the temple may be built. In anticipation for God's return to his people, there will be strength to build the temple. If you are expecting God to answer your prayer, if you are fasting with expectation and anticipation, then there will be a preparation because you know that God is going to answer your prayer. You know that God is going to bring people. You know that God is going to change your life, ignite your life like, like that burning bush so that people might see you and attracted to, to God. He may, you, you know, you are expecting God to come and fill your life with, with, with um, you know, with his zeal, with, a, with a burning, with his joy and love so that people might see and be attracted to, to, to them. That's what we hear in this place, you know. So, um, you know, when we, um, the coming of a new Jerusalem was God's dream and Zechariah and his uh, prophets challenged his fellow to make, uh, to make it uh, theirs as well. So if only we catch God's dream for us, brothers and sisters, when we fast and pray, anticipating that dream to come to pass in our life, you know, what is planning to see us become as a church of Jesus Christ in this city, in this land, in this nation, what God is anticipating. When you have a glimpse of God's, God's vision and dream, then you pray with anticipation for that dream to come to pass. And God is faithful to, to do that. That's what he wanted them to, to see. Not only to prepare for the coming of a new Jerusalem in the future, but to allow its coming to influence the way they live today. You know, it was not a flight from reality by just waiting for that Jerusalem to come, but a way of wrestling the here and now with its true significance in the light of God's kingdom. It is to begin to live imitating the coming reality because God is the Lord of the whole earth and his people must ultimately be a vast multicultural, multi-ethnic community drawn from all nations, united finally by the, their common and acknowledgement as the only true God. We can start living the coming reality now. Praying and fasting with anticipation. My friend Solomon, <clears throat> after discovering that um, um, prescription, he was crushed and he was absolutely devastated and he went to see his, he went to see his wife. And um, talking to us later, later on, his wife said to us, when I saw him, she said, I saw a changed man. I didn't wait until he said sorry, but I knew that he was deeply sorry. And she told him she will be back home in, few, in a few weeks. And he came back. You know, those few weeks of waiting for her in anticipation for her to come was absolutely amazing. You, you know, you can see that something is happening in his life. He was preparing. He was, you know, his, his neighbors was asking him what, what, what happened, what is new. You know, he was so excited and he was, you know, preparing as, as he was waiting uh, uh, for her return. And eventually she came back um, uh, and now they're living um, a, a wonderful life. And he have uh, learned uh, a, a big lesson from um, his mistakes. God. So God will visit us as he promised. He will visit our land 
and change our situation. He, will, he wants to fill us by his spirit and ignite our life and, and um, make us a, a, a place of attraction for others to come and see um, him. So as he promised, his kingdom will come and he will, 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 will be done on earth. And we should hold on to God's promises and his faithfulness to see um, um, being fulfilled. So as we fast in this Lent season, brothers and sisters, let's continue fasting with inner reflection so that we may see ourselves as God sees us. And let's continue to fast with compassionate action. Let's have the heart of God for other people. Let's believe that our action is also a prayer to God. And let's fast and pray with anticipation. Let's pray together. Precious and wonderful Father, we thank you for your amazing love. We thank you for your grace and we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness, Lord. And as we uh, are, Father, uh, praying and fasting before you in this Lent season, Father, lifting up our nation, lifting up uh, 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 the people of this land, Father, and lifting up our brothers and sisters and ourselves before you, Father, we pray that you may, your spirit may show us, Lord, um, how you, you, you see us. We may, we may be uh, transparent before you. We may be, Father, revealed before you. You may show us the state of our heart, the state of our mind, so that, Father, we might be transformed into the likeness of your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, you may show us so that what we need to um, leave and so that we may, in, in order to uh, get hold of what you have for us. Father, help us, we pray to, today, Lord, in the name of Jesus. As in this, in this season, Father, let there be a transformation of, um, of our mind and our heart, Father. Let there be a transformation of heart, Father, our heart, Lord, we pray. Father, even we pray that we may um, grow in compassion, Father. We may have a heart for others. We may see people as you see them, Lord Jesus. We pray, Father, that you may give us a heart, your heart for others, Lord. And we pray, Father, for our nation. We pray for people who have lost their jobs, who are suffering, who are going through difficult times, Father God. We cry out to you to visit us, O oh God, in Jesus' name. We pray, Father, that you may uh, bless us, Father, that you may open doors, even help us to overcome this, 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 to, to overcome this pandemic, and Lord, and take away this pandemic, Father, we pray, and, and Father, that you may open doors, and in, Lord, that you may activate uh, economic growth in this, in this nation, so, so that, Father, so that there will be more jobs, opportunities for many people. Lord, we pray that you may enter into those houses and those places where people are lonely and, and Father, that mentally suffering. Oh, Lord, we pray that you may say, peace be unto you, Lord. So, Lord, as you entered into the, the, that, that room where the disciples was gathering in fear and trembling, Lord, we pray that you may enter into the houses of many, many people in this land, Lord, and say, peace be unto you. Oh, Father, we pray and we lift them into your hand, Lord Jesus. And, and we pray, Father, that you may help us to 
uh, pray with anticipation, knowing what you have for us, knowing the vision and the dream that you have for your church. Lord, we pray, ignite us by your spirit. Ignite us by your, by, let your fire fall upon us, Father God. Let our heart be uh, burned with love for you and for other people. Lord, we pray so you may revive us, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your grace. We give you all the glory and the honor and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.